Happy New Year, everyone! Fractured Skull, this is episode 19. I'm Terminator Travis, or Travis Terminator, have a hell T2 for short. I'm here with Monoxide. Monoxide, how you been this fine evening? Happy 2021! <laughs> yes, 2020 definitely won on us. But, um, I am doing okay. Uh, kind of a little wiped out from a year of just kicking our ass, but. Hey, I just had some Fago, and I'm good to go. Yeah, 2020 really uh, kicked the rats. I they they pulled our pants down, they bent us over, and they just teabagged all of us. Now it's but, a new year. We go. We can all pull our pants up. We're, we should be okay for now. But here's the funny thing: as a wrestling fan, 2020 started off so fucking great because you had the return of Edge after nine years of being out of action. Who was told he could never wrestle ever again, and he came back at the Rumble with a huge ovation. You had um, Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble, and he was a strong contender for Brock Lesnar. Everything seemed to be going good, at least in the wrestling world. And then... this. Yeah, it seems like um, ever since the death of Kobe Bryant, it's like everything just went... It was just downward from there. That's the crazy thing. I think Kobe Bryant died that day at the Rumble. Either that day or that weekend. No, I, I think it was that day or the... Uh, it might have been that day of the Saturday, because I remember right after the Rumble, they aired the documentary, the uh, WrestleMania documentary. They wait about a year before they show behind the scenes of the WrestleMania from previous of all the extravaganzas. And I was on that, and I remember before going there, I was like, oh, what, what a damper. I'm going to be on this documentary, I hope. And I learned about Kobe Bryant's death, so... Yeah, I, let's just hope, I mean, like I said, let's just hope for the best for 2021. Uh, there hasn't been any big major deaths, I don't think. I haven't really been keeping keeping up on it too much. I mean, other than MF Doom, who actually died in October, but it was just announced, like, once the new year started, Luke, we talked about uh, Brody Lee, so... Um... <laughs> Usually when it comes to death, a lot of people like to keep that, you know, they're going through personal times, personal health issues. They usually like to keep that on the down low, and I got to give props to AEW for that. I mean, they really kept that on the down low. Yeah. And same same with MF Doom. I mean, you mentioned you just said he passed away back in October, which is finding out now. That was probably, again, you just told his close friends, just keep this on the down low, and, you know, maybe a month or a couple after my death, then you can make it public and kudos you know surrounding yourself with the right people to keep that that's, that's a big secret to keep on it down low <sighs> yeah if you're a celebrity like that i mean when you are of stature to where people pretty much know you and mf doom was one of those big name rappers from the late 90s it's goes without saying that it was kind of a shock to hear that he had died all the way back in october 31st and then we don't find out until literally new year's eve I think that's when I found out the the news, and that's when everyone was just like, "We've had enough of this year. I'm done." So, hopefully, 2021 gets better. Um, so, that's all we could say about that. So, uh, before we get started with today's uh, movie discussion, uh, you got a story to tell us. It's it's story time with Monoxide. Yeah, uh, I I don't know how much of a hit it was when I told about the uh, the pizza story. Uh, I'm assuming that everybody got a kick out of my misery, but 
this next story that I have is even more miserable. And to top it off, uh, my co-host, Travis the Terminator, was actually there for this. So I hope you're ready because um, you're getting an exclusive here. Uh, I probably haven't told you. He hasn't so, told me in advance what story he's talking about, so once he probably exactly. like, oh yeah, that. As soon as soon as I get to the setup, you'll probably instantly know what I'm talking about. It goes all the way back to the previous decade. The year is 2010. It's a summer week vacation over at the Monoxide Residence. There is a point where I need to buy a video game. Well, need is a strong word because need is... You don't really need video games. Me, I need video games, but I really don't need them, if you get what I'm saying. And I wanted to get a copy of, I think it was UFC 2 2010 or whatever the hell the title was. It was one of those titles. So we go pick this game up, me and uh, Travito here. And we decide that we are going to venture in getting some lunch. And I decide, okay. At that point, the closest thing to us was Popeyes. So we go to Popeyes and we eat. All right. We eat like normal. And we decide we're going to take the bus back to my house. There's one little teensy tiny problem with this scenario. Sometimes, kids, boys, girls, when you eat chicken, when you eat fast food, or when you eat large consumptions of said fast food, you run the risk of getting exactly that, the runs. My stomach started to bubble up as we were on the bus. I'm thinking to myself, oh, We'll all just get home and then I will relieve my duties, no pun intended, in the bathroom. <laughs> so, as we're on the bus, I start to feel worse and worse and worse. To the point where my co-host here decides to tap my shoulder and say, Monoxide, are you okay? But as soon as his firm, cold hand of... <clears throat> His firm, cold hand grasped my shoulder. I proceeded to go, don't touch me! Because <laughs> the sense of touch was too much for me. We're getting close. We're getting close. We end up right across the White Castle. Now, I can't exactly explain this next feeling that I start to feel. There are certain people who may have felt this, but... Let me just say, if anybody here has ever seen the movie Next Friday, the scene where Willie Jones is trying to drive to save his son Craig after he ate a hot sauce burrito, and he is literally feeling torture because he knew that hot sauce burrito was not a good idea for his stomach in the middle of a traffic jam highway. He is literally in the middle of traffic screaming, Officer, pull over, please. I, I, I know I gotta help my son, but I gotta help myself too. I was in that same boat, but when this feeling in my stomach came, it felt like it felt like Chernobyl was about to explode in Russia. So I stood up and I ran out of the bus before I could even make my final purchase 
of the ride. There was a White Castle, I ran. Now the funny thing is, my co-host here, this was his first time in this town, so he didn't know where the hell he was and he had to get out. I'm running in the middle of the street. I think it was dripping at that point. I ran in, stealing the quote from Willie Jones, that bathroom better be clean, if not, I don't give a damn. I ran in and I cannot tell you the destruction that I laid upon in that white castle. It was the worst feeling in the world to the point where the undergarments that I was wearing were no more. They could not be salvaged. <laughs> they couldn't. That bathroom needed a wash down. I washed it down the best way I possibly could without leaving a scene. Because, you know, I respect other people's property. I don't want to just leave it like that. I've seen people do that before. And it's it's not good. So I do my best. I don't know if I accomplished my goal, but suffice it to say, I get out of the White Castle. I have no more money for a bus. So I'm walking, and I'm walking. Next thing I know, the same rumble comes again. And I must run to the next local pizzeria and re relieve the remaining uh, remains of this cockadookie. To which we then finally get out of this pizzeria. We walk home. I shower up and I look at Travito and I say, this moment never happened. I was thinking to myself at that time, this story would never leave my lips. I would never expose the story to even the strangest of strangers. However, after six months and attending an ROH show, and I think uh, Anthony was a part of it, was, was there. I was already telling this story to them and they were having a ball at my misery. So there you go. Point of the story is, is that when you gotta go, they ain't kidding. You gotta go. Don't hold it in. Go find the nearest bathroom and relieve yourself. Because otherwise, I could have ended up either on World Star or YouTube and been famous for the wrong reasons. I've never seen you run so fast in your life. Yeah. It was it was when bad. I got off that bus, I was like, where the fuck did he go? You were gone. <laughs> yes. I I I swear to God. Uh, I thought somebody was going to grab a camera and start recording. Keep in mind, this was 2010. So this was still before, like, cell phones with video cameras were still really accessible. They were kind of, like, shoddy. But I still was thinking, oh, I'm going to be infamous on YouTube. Somebody's going to be like, a uh, stupid white kid runs with shit in his pants or something. <laughs> I was I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm going to be like, uh, Br leave Britney alone or the Star Wars kid that, that is in the little... Uh, whatchamacallit, Jenner's closet, swinging a broom. I, I thought I was going to be one of them. But, alas, didn't happen. I wow, I that that's a throwback. I I totally forgot about that story too much. I was like, oh shit, you bring up the White Castle? <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing is, I would go back to that White Castle, and it's like they never knew me. I guess they've seen <laughs> weird... I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was in and out, and by the way, I do love White Castle. I, I, I could use some right now, but unfortunately, oh, it, it's after 10, and uh, I don't feel like ordering anything. I got work to, well, the next day as of this recording, so uh, I think I'll just save my appetite. Yeah, we don't have any White Castles over here by me. I'll have to go to Jersey for that. 
It is, uh, by the way, for those I wondering, it is Tuesday, uh, January 5th of 2021. And with that uh, bowel story, I guess we'll get into our movie review. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the 2016th uh, independent film, Siren. I know there's a lot of Siren film movies named Siren out there. So this is the Siren film that was a spinoff of the short story Amateur Night from our previous review of uh, VHS. Uh, the leads are, uh, it's directed by Greg Bishop. Uh, we've seen his work before on VHS 3. He directed the uh, Dante the Great, Dante the Great Magician uh, short segment. And it stars that same guy, uh, Justin Wellborn's his name. The girl from the Amateur Night segment, uh, Hannah Fireman. Fireman. Yeah, I'm not good at pronouncing names. <laughs> I mean, I should know. I have a shitty last name. Um, You know, it's crazy. I never expected them to take a short film and actually make a full-length film. It has never crossed my mind, especially this one with the uh, the succubus. I mean, the one thing I got to admire them is that they got the same actress to play this role. So I guess she was just a bit, uh, more fitting uh, part of the role. I actually thought before going into this film, I was going to hate this or thought it was cheesy or thought it was just ridiculous. As hokey as some of it was. It was way more enjoyable than I thought I was going to enjoy out of it. Yeah, I agree with you. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Maybe it's because we came in with so with really low expectations, and it just this film just exceeded that. Now I know the production company behind it was Chiller Films. For those that don't know, Chiller used to be a network. It used to be a channel on Directv. Um, Currently, it's inactive. It's no longer a channel. I'm not sure if the Chiller Films production company is still around. I don't know if they've also gone out of business as well. But this was the big production company behind Siren. It's almost, in a way, the channel is almost like, uh, think of it like sci-fi. Sometimes this channel may have its own like exclusive movies, and I'm assuming this was one of them. And we mentioned the girl, Hannah. She came back, uh, returned to the role. I know she was not their first choice. They wanted to cast a different girl. I guess they wanted to... Anyway, they wanted to take that same idea from Amateur Night off of VHS and, like, make its own movie out of it with, like, a completely new girl. And, like, and it was a director that fought for uh, Hannah to come back to the role. And in a way, I'm glad she did because she's very good in this role. Uh, yeah, although the story is different. It's not um, three guys going into a bar and just randomly picking up some chick. This is more of a case where they get invited to a club. I think one of the dudes was celebrating their bachelorette or bachelor party. Um, and they go to the secret club and she just happens to be one of the freaks that's there. They have a couple of freaks, so it's obviously more, um, fantasy related because there was one with a Medusa's head and all that stuff, but she happened to be one of the exhibits and they free her. And that's just pretty much the premise that they free the succubus from its, uh, clutches and she ends up liking the main guy. And, uh... There's not really much to say. Even though we sat here and said that uh, we enjoyed this, it definitely isn't Halloween or it isn't Texas Chainsaw Mask or The Exorcist. It's nowhere near those levels. But at least it is salvaged by the fact that this movie does not feel long at all. It's, what is it, like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes? Yeah, um, so it's like an 85-minute film. It's not even an hour and a half. Well, it, it, it breezes by pretty quickly. It didn't yeah. feel so that, that was a, the one it's thing. It's a I, very easy sit through. Um, yeah, so 
I thoroughly enjoyed some of the stuff. Um, although there's one scene in particular that kind of like throws me off. It's where, because obviously a succubus is a woman that sexually tries to lure a man or male victim. And there's one part where she lures this man and tries to, to fuck him cowgirl style while sticking her tail up the dude's rectum. I didn't know whether to laugh or be scared. It's like, was there intention for this to be funny or scary? Because I don't know. Definitely wasn't scary. It was just weird. Yeah, not necessarily. Uh, I would say the VHS segment was slightly scared. Was more scarier than this sexual film. Maybe it's because again it was filmed with a handheld style, and when she like reveals herself to be a succubus, it was more frightening. Especially when she like her face kind of like her like forehead like splits open. But here, it, it, here it, the the effects were actually surprisingly well done. Especially the scenes where uh, she had she like when the wings came out. Like, she would, like, walk behind the curtain in her shadow, and then, like, the wings would come out. Like, it didn't look cheesy or fake. It actually looked pretty well done. I, I get, I'm trying to get, let me get the budget for this film. They even had one. Uh, damn, it doesn't say the budget. Yeah, I would say they had a bigger budget here than they did in VHS, because um, VHS, I, I, I don't know if it was purpose to have a small budget due to the fact that it was supposed to be shot guerrilla style, but suffice to say... I think sometimes when you have bigger budgets or, or more money put into it, it can deviate away from certain aspects of the film that you're trying to describe. And like we were just saying, I think her as a succubus was way scarier in Amateur Night on VHS than it was in this movie, mainly due to the fact of the small budget and the makeup effects that they put on her for that. So, and yeah, here, and as you mentioned, the, the gorilla style, it... it it worked better there. And the budget for this film was 300 k What, for uh, Siren? Yes. Oh, my God. That's actually pretty cheap considering because I think, um, wasn't Evil Dead, like, only... Um, it, that one had a small budget, too. But that yeah. was back in, like, 1980. And that was a relatively small budget. I mean, 300 k for a movie made in 2016. That's that's pretty good as far as like saving money or not using a whole lot of money. Yeah, I I, I was surprised. I was expecting at least I'd say at least six hundred k or even like a little a little over half a million. I would like a million would have surprised me. Yeah, if, I mean you. Yeah, we're talking about independent filmmakers, so it is gonna be. Uh, what you call it the. Evil Dead, the original one, was 350 grand in 1981. So to do $330,000 grand in 2016 should tell you something. I And I got to give props to the director and really for everyone involved for really it's all about spending your money wisely. And they did a very good job with that. And that's the other thing, because it wasn't like they were just doing CGI for the succubus. They were doing CGI for another character who had a Medusa's head, who had the snakes coming out of her head. So they obviously had to do some special effects for that. And I'm just, again, because the special effects here in my, it looked way more like, like they took care of it CGI-wise in this than they did in uh, Amateur Night. But as I said, I think sometimes less is more. You don't need all that. Uh, and I think that's what didn't make this film like total thumbs up for me because some of it was a little bit uh hokey and 
a little bit ridiculous. But I would still say it's a thumbs in the middle film. Yeah, I, I would. I, overall, I would recommend it. If, um, again, if you want a quick 80-minute film, something, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. It was when I watched it. Yeah. They may have taken Same it here. down, but uh, this film doesn't hurt. Uh, it's not because I don't, I don't see it pissing you off. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Don't expect uh, Halloween. <laughs> but don't right. expect anything. I, but don't expect only, anything bad either. The only thing is, is that I'm not familiar with, with succubus lore. But they treat her like a sympathetic character because she is definitely not the bad guy here. She's a monster in this film, but she's not the bad guy. She was entrapped by a greedy uh, sex kingpin who wanted to use her as an attraction and basically had her chained up. So she's not the bad guy here. I, I'm sorry to spoil the movie for you. I mean, does she do things that would be bad guyish things you could say that but again she has more of the role of let me i'm going to escape i'm in love with this guy regardless if he's already uh, engaged so he's mine for the taking and you gotta realize the position she's put in she's put there basically as a sex symbol okay she doesn't she was never really taught right from wrong She's been, at least the way this, this was filmed, I, it's, again, it's loosely connected to the VHS uh, film, just for the fact it's using the same actors and the same Succubus monster, but it doesn't acknowledge the VHS short story. It's kind of its own thing here. Um, and again, the real, the real bad guys is, as we mentioned, that's Sex Kingpin, and, and really anyone else that works for him, because he's a pretty powerful guy. I don't know, I think, I think he has parts of the police, like, in his pocket. Uh, yeah, I think he had police because there was one part where the guys are trying to run away and then the police have them captured uh, in disguise. So, yeah, he kind of has powerful people under his umbrella. But there was no one uh, ish thing I wanted to bring up that really they really didn't have they really didn't follow it up on too much. That was a scene where um, as one of their friends, uh, the bachelor guy was in the back uh trying to free uh the succubus girl they're all out in uh in the bar waiting for him and one of the guys uh decides to order a drink or the bartender like convinced him to order a drink and i don't know what kind of drink it was but it was giving him like bad flashbacks yeah or like like he was he was like he had this drink and then he just started like hallucinating and he was like you know wh why did i kill this girl and all this stuff and they never really followed up on that because yeah, then by he, that point, yeah, he died. He got killed by the succubus girl. Because by that point, um, now the bachelor guy was trying to was was trying to escape because the succubus girl was killing the guards. And at this point, he was like, "Holy fuck, I gotta get out of here!" So they all run to their car, drive off, and then the succubus girl uh, catches up to them. The car crashes, and then she kills that guy. Because hmm. while they're escaping, he's still like hallucinating, having all like these these weird dreams. Yeah, it's. it's it's what I like to call the Walking Dead syndrome, where there are certain aspects. I, I'll just give an example. Um, who's the kid that played Chris Rock and everybody hates Chris? I forget his name. Uh, I think his name's Tyler James James Williams. Okay. So he was in Walking Dead. He was a yes. He was supposed to be like just a young kid, and there's an old man. And what happens is there's a part in that story 
where the old man gives the kid who played everybody. Yeah, Tyler James Williams. He gives him a notebook. And the whole point of this notebook is, obviously, since civilization is pretty much fucked, he, the old man, entrusts that kid to write down historical things that are happening during this whole zombie apocalypse to keep record so that when they gain uh, civilization back, they have a record of it and they can put it down in history. Well, only one problem. Not only does the old man get killed not too long after that, but so does he. So that whole symbolism of that story just completely rendered moot because it never is brought up again. Didn't they do the same thing in season three with the governor? Was that one, like his assistant was like writing down everything? Kind of, but from what I remember, that wasn't the whole main focal point of their relationship. The whole main... Mm-hmm local point was that he was just helping the governor who was getting too power hungry and but with the this guy tyler james williams character and this old man i i forget their name so forgive me walking dead fans the the issue was was that it seemed like that was going to be their main focal point of their relationship and then they both die not too long after that both of them not just one but both it's one thing if one dies and the other carries on but both of them died so it just rendered that story completely pointless, if you ask me. So it's just like, uh, like, uh, yeah, they, they yeah. probably they probably change head writers again by that point. How many how many head writers has that show gone through? Uh, I don't know. Probably like the every same season, time. it's a new it's a new writer, a new head writer of the show, and they're always hey, changing something. Maybe they went through the same drought that the Star Wars directors did with uh, Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah, I, I, I remember. I've seen Skywalker now, and God damn it. Well, we're getting off topic here. Siren. <laughs> yeah, but back to Siren. Um, where were we? All right, so we were talking about... Oh, yeah, about we mentioned Tommy. that the, the guy, yeah, he got killed. Uh, his friends got killed. Um, it was, there was four of them. It was a bachelor, his brother, and two of the friends. Yeah. And- I believe the one brother got captured. Not the brother. One of his friends got captured... It was being tortured by the uh, the, the kingpin guy. Mm-hmm. And did, didn't he give him something? I'm trying to remember. Did he? There was something he did where he like, got in contact with the brother. Yeah. I th- I'm not sure if that had anything to do with the... Um, what was it? That weird thing that the woman put in their drinks. It looked like a, a leech or whatever. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again because, again, it's one of those movies that goes by so quickly you can easily miss it. Yeah, because I'm not sure because the bartender girl, like even then, because the last time we saw her was that she was in the apartment where the bachelor guy was staying. She had a gun pointed at him and told him, come with me. And then yeah. they went to the church. And then we never saw her again. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, she was never seen again. She was never defeated. She was never uh, vanquished or whatever. She just did her job, and that was that. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's not like she was just some regular girl working. Like, she had, she, like, knows secrets. Right, and she had the thing in her head. As we said, she had the Medusa's head going on. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that, that's why we're saying it's not a great film. It's still got some missing plot points it's just that yeah it's it 
easier to watch. And I guess, again, we our expectations were so low that it was just like, I guess, something like that we can overlook. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was a budget issue. They just didn't have the money to kill her off. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, or just uh, the scene wasn't worth reshooting or whatever the hell it was. I don't know. But anyway, they... Uh... They get to the the sky, you know, goes with the girl to the church. They have the big final showdown, the big fight. The succubus comes along. Uh, now she has a, and she hypnotized the kingpin. I didn't know that succubuses had the ability to hypnotize people. I yeah, that was never. I guess they never got into too much detail in the VHS short. How was she not able to hypnotize the man that she wanted? All I'm saying is, when she's fucking him, he's not. I don't know if he's enjoying it. Uh, it's like yes and no, because he did like. It's like uh, he was attracted to her, and yeah. she must. She must have confused his attractiveness to her into loving him, her, and put, especially for the fact that he was the one that freed her. So, again, this you know, with her, you can't really blame her situation because she's never been in a situation like this before. Uh, so she thinks this guy loves me, you know, he's freed me and, and now she's going to protect her man at all costs. By protecting him, he, she possibly anally raped him. <laughs> Again, she doesn't know right for wrong. I guess, I mean, she doesn't really have a background story. She's just a succubus, which I guess is fine to not have one because... It works here. It, it works. It's just that, yeah, when it is, other than questioning stupid uh, plot points like, uh, why didn't she hypnotize him to like her? I don't know. I guess it's just better off we don't know her backstory. And uh, I don't know if they'll ever make a backstory for her. And if they do, will they get the same actress to play her? Who knows? Who knows? I, I wouldn't mind a sequel, I guess. I mean, again, there's that curiosity there for me. Would I... Would I desperately want one? No. But if they do make one and it's on Netflix, eh, why not? I'd watch it. I'd, just, I'd give it a watch. I yeah. Again, I try to go in with as low of expectations as I possibly can. So, and then we get to the ending of the film. So, they're able... The Kingpin guy dies. Uh, the Bachelor guy and the Succubus have one last uh, confrontation basically telling like, I can't be with you. And then she walks off watches him walk away and then a year goes by the bachelor gets married to his girl they're in a nice little beach house it's thundering outside uh the lights are off the bachelor has sex in bed with his girl at least we think it's the girl until he goes downstairs to get something to get some food late at night and then he sees his girlfriend sleeping on the couch he's like his girlfriend his wife on the couch he's like what the hell and then it turns out it was the succubus he was have he was having sex with. She's back. And she is <laughs> demanding his attention. Yes, the wife wakes up. What the hell is going on? The succubus attacks her, is ready to kill her. And the husband's like, no, 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 no. I'll go with you, please. And then the succubus grabs him and then flies off into the sky. Very similar to how the ending of the VHS short happened. Who knows how the VHS was supposed to theoretically end. We don't know if she killed the guy or whatnot. We just know that she took him away. But I would say that this guy in Siren had a better chance of surviving than uh, the guy in VHS. Because in VHS, 
he was crying and she's like, I like you, and then gives him a blowjob and then goes, you know, like, and then gets all, like, upset and cries, whereas here is just, that's, not, that's my man. No, no, no one puts their hands on my man, you know? But in a way, they both ended very simply because the bachelor guy rejected her, too, back at the church. And then she gave the guy a year off, and then she's like, nope, I still want him. Yeah, but this time it was just like, all right, I'll go with you just to spare his wife, but any sort of violent attack so at least he agreed at the end i guess well in a way it also didn't help that he had sex with her in bed i mean of course he didn't know that but she doesn't know that uh, yeah but hey as we said we maybe she doesn't know how to respond to situations like this maybe she thought he actually liked having sex with her and she just thought that that person was a stranger or a killer who knows she she just doesn't know I mean, she she can talk. She, or, I mean, her vocabulary is very small, very minimal. She does. She said the same line she did in the short. Hey, I like you. So, in other words, she and Scotty have something in common. They don't know. That was Siren. And why was this movie called Siren? Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Why? Why? Am I missing something? Like, it took me a long time to figure out why Gus Van Zandt's movie was called Elephant, which was a movie about a school shooting. I didn't understand why he called it fucking Elephant until I realized it was a metaphor for Elephant in the Room. Like, the big problem, Elephant in the Room. But here I can't figure out what sirens, succubuses, uh... I, I, okay, maybe I'm missing something, man. I, I am Polish, so I, I don't know. I'll have to read some comments, uh, maybe on the YouTube video or the comments of the IMDb. Maybe someone can explain the meaning of the title because I, I don't know. Maybe again, it's probably a metaphor or something that uh, we missed. But because there's yeah. so many films named Siren, it's like if you type this movie up like Siren movie, it's not going to be the first result. You're gonna have to scroll down and maybe go on the third page and then you'll find this film. With that said, uh, let me look up this director, Greg Bishop. I don't know if he's done anything else. I mean, we know he did the, the VHS short. He's done The Other Side, which came out 2006, Dance of the Dead, 2008, The Birds of Anger, 2011. Then we got the VHS Viral he did, 2014. And then after that, he did the Siren movie. And then he's got two films that have yet to come out that he's working on. One is called The Sisters of Sam Hine. Uh, he's directing that, and another one called Lockdown at Franklin High, which is coming out in 2023. And the sister film is supposed to be coming out this year. Yeah, and <laughs> Lockdown at Franklin High, the title of that just sounds real interesting. I guess it has something to do with the lockdowns here, or like some sort of uh, heist at a, at a high school. I don't know. I don't know Probably how it's going like, Sounds like a thriller. I don't know how it's going to take two years to do it, but hey, I'm not a director, so. Well, probably because of the whole COVID thing, and and he writes he writes all his own projects too, so he's probably working on the story. Well, good luck to him, and hopefully he does well with this. I mean, I think he did fine with Siren, but I wasn't perfect. It, obviously, we discussed a couple things that were a little off. Yeah, it's not a perfect film, but I wouldn't mind seeing Greg, like, maybe Blumhouse will give him an opportunity to do, like, a big-budget movie. Because mostly, again, that's probably why this other film's taking, like, two years to get, because he's got to get the money to shoot it. I mean, all his mm-hmm. films, for the most part, are, well, well, yeah, for the most part, are independently made. And even, even being just viral, that was independently made. It just... Dante the Magician, I thought, I thought it was a good short. I mean, 
I mean, he's not. He's just. I again, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a bigger. Uh, him doing a film with a bigger budget. I guess. I mean, like I said, I didn't see uh, his other movies, Birds of Anger, Dance of the Dead, and the other side. So I would have to watch that to give him give my full opinion on him. So two pieces of work. It does to me. It's not enough to really judge somebody on their work. Because who knows well, yeah, if these other he hasn't master? Yeah, he hasn't really done a lot either. So, right. So, got to give him a chance to prove himself. So, that's that. But with that said, I think that's going to conclude Siren. I, yeah, we covered everything. I don't know what else to talk about. But uh, uh, if you guys, uh, I don't know what streaming platform it's on now. It's probably it might be on Amazon, maybe. It was on Netflix. It's not on there anymore. But uh, if you guys want 90 Minutes to Kill, uh, short, simple. It's a simple story. You know, nothing too complicated. Easy to follow. Easy sit through. Good effects. Good uh, actors. Uh, good directing. Again, some scenes going to be a bit hokey, but you got to remember it's, a, it's an independent film. It was made, what, what do we say, 300K? 350? $300,000, yeah, which is 50 grand less than it cost to make Evil Dead, which was back in 1980, 1981. And the effects were, <laughs> as you could say, for the 80s. Yeah, and with this film, it was, I mean, with Evil Dead, they just shot mainly in one location. Well, it's just a cabin and outside of it. And here they shot in multiple locations. The club, the church, uh, the restaurant, outside of the restaurant. So, again, I thought they did very well with uh, what they were given. Yeah. Uh, the way they were able to conserve money, I got to give it to them. So, yeah. So, um, uh, you said thumbs in the middle. Uh, I can say that as well. Thumbs in the middle, slightly. And my, you know, my thumb is twitching, twitching upwards. That's where, um, that's where I'll stand with Siren. Uh, yeah, no, my thumb ain't twitching. It's stiff in the middle. Stiff, so. stiff in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the movies we're going to review this month. But uh, if you want to listen to J- our Jason X review coming next week, anyone who listens to this episode, you got to give us $1. Patreon.com slash Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at ChillaKillin'P1. Follow us on Instagram, Podcast. You can follow us individually at Silent Poison, at Monoxide YouTube. On his Instagram, Owen underscore heart underscore guy. Me at Sound Poison Instagram. You can follow us almost. We're on almost every social media platform. I'm on Snapchat at Sound Poison. You're not. With that said, for Monoxide, I am Terminator Travis. Happy 2021. Let's make this a good year. Let's make this a fun year. Let's make this a happy year. Let's 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 try to get things back to normal. Okay. I told Ellie this. I told you all this. Get used to these lockdowns. It's your new normal. Enjoy.